This is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Thrapp. The podcast follows the development and execution of our critically acclaimed off-Broadway hit musical, Good Morning New York. It opens at the Players Theater January 11th, 2020. Previews start January 9th, but first, come to our 54 Below album launch show October 4th. That's in Midtown Manhattan. Tickets are on sale now. They start at 20 bucks, plus you get a free album and a sponsored gift bag. I'm joined by our lead in the musical, Christea Evanson. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. You have so many show, uh, songs in our 54 Below show. You have seven? I do have seven. Seven. Yeah. So, Christea, you're the in the musical as Val, as a reporter who's trying to get the anchor position. We're going to talk about Good Morning New York in a minute, but today it's all about what brought you to New York, what brought you to theater, uh, interested in theater. We have a lot of younger listeners out there, and also we have a connection. I don't know if you knew this. Not a personal, like we don't know someone that knows someone, but we we were in the same city at one time. That's right. You're from Arvada, right? I am in Arvada, yes. from Arvada, from yes. Arvada. And you went to school in Denver. I did. I went to school uh, in downtown Denver. I lived there for five years. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I'm dying to know because it did not have the dates on your resume, so I couldn't figure it out. When did you live there? Because I uh, might have been there too. I moved there in 2010. Okay. And I lived there until 2015. We did live there at the same time. Amazing. Okay, so I lived in Denver in 2010, then I moved away in 2011. Okay. And then I moved back in 2014. Nice. So, we were there for you, a couple years. We too. were there for a couple years. We probably, did you ever hang out in Lodo? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I bet you we probably saw each other at probably. those bars. The like five yes. only bars All that they have. All rooftop ones. And it, yeah, back in 2010, it was not as booming as it is now. Oh, really? Yeah, I think they're... It's grown exponentially in the last couple of years. So one more thing about Denver. Did you say that you lived in Arvada yeah. as well? Yep. I lived in uh, in Arvada right off the highway near Old Town Arvada. Okay. Because I did too. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to set the stage for you. Because okay. I remember that Costco. Okay. So if my very first apartment in... 2010 mm -hmm. was in Old Arvada, right behind the Costco. Okay, so you basically enter, mm -hmm. and um, there's a is there a pool there? I feel <gasps> like there was a pool. There's a pool. Yeah, and there is um, there's a patio, but they're all inward. And there's one building that has the two bedrooms. And then the com the combined ones have patios that face each other. Uh-huh. Did you live there? I did. Oh, that's so creepy. Did we live in the same building? Yeah, we lived in the same building. Oh, my God. No way. That's I want to know what year that you lived there. Um, it was... Because okay. that was my first apartment. I, I think I lived there... I must have lived there right after you, but... Um, in 2010? No, because I moved in 2010. I actually lived in student housing okay. for like Woo! six months. For a second, I'm and like... And then I Whoa. lived in, in Capitol Hill for another six months, uh... Um, on Logan Street, uh, which I loved, but then I bought a car, um, and so then I was like, oh, I'm gonna move it to Arvada. I think it was, I think it was like 2011 or 20, maybe it was 2012. It was like, is this place called like 57th something or 50? It starts with a five. Yeah. So we does. lived in the same place. We absolutely did. I'm, oh. I'm, I mean, you just described, and there weren't that many complexes in that area that were just like that. No. Yeah. That's really weird. Did you live in a, the one bedroom or the two bedroom? One bedroom. Okay. I lived and on the two bedroom on this side. Interesting. Okay. So I think what, uh, you're right. I think rent really did change because when I was there, it was only 600 a month. Yeah. Mine was. And I, for my one bedroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, mine it was. It was a long, it, Denver really changed. It did change. It definitely did. Yeah. Mine. Ours was like around 600 for the two, it was our two bedroom with oh. like a Jack and Jill bath situation. I have another question for yeah. you. So I also lived in Capitol Hill. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and well, I was near Washington Park. Were oh, yeah. you near Wash Park? I was kind of near Wash Park. Were you near the Taco Bell in Broadway? I know exactly where that is though. Oh. Like from South Broadway? Yeah. I know exactly where that is. Were you there? No, but I, okay. um, so I, we weren't I took, the light, together no, I took the light rail. I lived near Charlie Brown, the piano bar up in... Mm. Hill. I don't know where that is. Okay, it was great. If you ever, when you go back, when you go visit family, you mm -hmm. go. It's my favorite. So we were in Denver together at random times. Where are you originally from? I grew up in Billings, Montana, which is about eight hours north of Denver. Um, you have <laughs> you, almost did you drive? Oh, drive. That's yep. how you know. That's absolutely why I know. Mm. And also, when you live in the West, that's how people delineate uh, 
distance people they tell everything by hours like how long it takes to drive i feel yeah. like and if you're in a small town it's like the stop sign yes look for exactly, the stop sign pretty much which my sound's a little bit bigger than that i grew up in a town of about a hundred thousand mm. so still pretty on the small side we had like two walmarts two targets a movie theater a mall um but i loved it it was it was great so i grew up there and then uh when i turned 18 i went to school at a little junior college in Wyoming, in Casper, Wyoming, um, and got my associates, and they had a great little musical theater program. Um, it was lovely. They had lots of great funding because of oil money in Wyoming, and so all the theater students, uh, we all had full-ride scholarships, almost all of us, like 99% of us. Wait, really? Yeah, so we all had full rides to get our associates, basically, which was amazing. Whoa. So it was a great program. I mean, we had, like costume we had like set design and then musical theater and straight theater um and so I was able to get all my gen eds knocked out and it was awesome it was it was a great experience and I got to get you know some really solid roles in before I even you know finished pursuing my my degree so it was nice and then I moved to Colorado in 2010 and uh took my sweet time in Colorado because you fall in love with that state it's just so beautiful there and honestly if you know Broadway was in Denver, I would have stayed. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Tell me about it. Because you performed at the Denver Center for Performing Arts as well. I did. I um, I actually was involved with Opera Colorado's productions of Rigoletto and Carmen. Uh, I was in the ensemble. I was a super. So I had lots of friends in the chorus, but they needed people who were basically set pieces. Um, but it was such an incredible experience uh, getting to perform there. I mean, the Ellie Hawkins Opera House is beautiful. Seats, I don't know how many. I don't know how many it's either. Like, I just know that it's massive. Amount. Yeah, it's so insane. It's bigger than some Broadway theaters. Oh, for have. sure. Uh, I don't even know how many, but it's yeah, beautiful. Because some Broadway theaters have like a thousand order, but like these Denver Center for Performing Arts has massive, massive, massive auditoriums. Theaters. Yeah, and I mean it is the go-to place for theater in absolutely Colorado in the Western in United May States. In my oh, opinion, oh really? I think so. It's that good because I knew it was amazing. How do you, have you seen stuff there? Right? Yeah, I saw. Well, I saw If Then There oh, yeah, right before. Do. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we, we should see what performance we were at. I bet we were at a show at the same time. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because If Then, okay, then we totally were there at the same time. If Then, then you probably saw the Wicked musical. I, I saw it like three times. Exactly, yep. I did too. And um, I, I saw Alice Ripley in um, Next to Normal. Did you see Once when you were there? I didn't, but it came through. I just yeah, okay, we yeah. were totally we were there at the same time. Totally. Yeah, that is so really, I didn't know that it had that big of a reputation. I loved I it. So. I I reached out to people on the board to invest in our musical, and they didn't respond. Oh, wow. So they'll respond soon. <laughs> That's right, they they'll sure will. They'll respond soon. You just got to keep knocking on that door. That's right. Yeah, that's actually what I've been doing. Um, I've been emailing the whole cast about this. Well, investing aside, when it comes to press for the show, I've been emailing everybody's small town newspapers, wherever they're from. So for you, it's Billings. Yep, Billings. I'm probably also going to email Casper, and I'm probably also going to email Metro Denver for yeah. throwing both of us. It's great. Because um, I already sent something to the Arvada Press. Fun oh. fact about this. I believe the word is payola. <laughs> Where I was trying to submit an article, and maybe I won't get in the Arvada Press after this, but I don't care. Because this is facts, and payola is, um, you can't do this. And I'm noticing this trend with theater people, is, or theater publications, or just publications in general. Um, I submitted a story for free, which is great. But there was an option to pay him 149 bucks to be on the top story page and have it like circle in all of their local papers. Oh, interesting. You're, I'm, that's... It's That's, literally paying to... It's paying for press. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I'm I, I'm noticing that because I know that when I did the theater festival, there was someone that was going to uh, charge us three... I didn't do it, but she was going to charge 300 to do a review for us and put it on her theater website. Yeah. That's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. I should do a podcast about that someday because I'm just noticing this trend and maybe it's because papers are running out of money or something, but I'm just noticing a trend where we have to pay... Anyway. I think it's because everything's going online nowadays. Yeah. And even, they need money. Absolutely. Even um, 
certain newspapers that I know about have like little surveys that you need to fill out or you can like, you know, on the corner it'll say you can skip it. But right. most of the time they want you to try to do a survey so they can get funding and whatnot. I do support that. Yeah. I, well, the surveys are annoying. But yeah. I, I do, for like the New York Times, I do subscribe to. Mm-hmm. So I pay, you know, that, I don't know how much I pay a week for it, but I do pay for online. I, I'm totally, I totally am for paying for press. But I'm not for paying for my own press. That's fair. (laughs) I can appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, another fun fact for you. So our Broadway World article that we have, Mm -hmm. um, that was free. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just wrote it. And the fun fact for pretty much anybody, anyone can write a Broadway World article and submit it, and it'll probably be posted. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, there's only one time when I attempted to get a story posted and they said no, and it was, uh, I was launching this podcast. (laughs) That's fair. They were like, we don't care. Yeah, they're like, we're not doing a story about your podcast. Actually, they just never responded. Um, (laughs) The kind way in New York. Yeah, which is totally (laughs) fine. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's not really theater. It's just about theater. So, okay, they don't have to cover that. But yeah, Broadway World, if you ever have any story, you could write up a story about yourself and submit it. And then it'll be on. Just like feature yourself, do a profile on yourself. That's cool. Yeah, that's good to know. I'm doing. A, I'm going to be doing that for like. I'm trying to do that with the whole cast. Yes, do profiles. Oh, that's very smart. Yeah, I went on a whole rant about uh, about that. But there you go. So when I send stuff in for us in yeah. Denver, get ready. <laughs> that's it. We. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we can sell ourselves. That's right. Absolutely. There's now two people: the creator and one of the lead roles. That's right. Went to school in Denver. Totally. And there's, I mean, we all have, we have connections. I mean, I, I already wrote my theater professors and told them about oh, good. the show. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's great. They, they already announced it. Uh, I was told by one of my college pianists that uh, one of my BFA professors made an announcement at the first day of BFA class about me booking the show. Really? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. I, I mean it truthfully, like I'm from real small town, so this is a big deal. I'm very oh. happy to be here. <laughs> well, happy you're here. You oh, rocked thanks. your audition. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, was, it was absolutely wonderful and it's a powerful voice. When you auditioned and you read our casting call and we said, must have a powerful voice, did you see us write that? Or Yes, I did. Okay, you oh, did. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because a lot of times, I remember um, in 2018, before we completely revamped the role and, and changed uh, everything, about, not everything about the show, we just changed the lead characters. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, before we knew that we wanted that powerful voice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, there's a song called I Can Do So Much Better, and you got to pound it out. And I noticed that if we don't, we don't say pound it out, then right. it's, you know, we don't really get that doesn't always come out that way yeah yeah and i'm sure you you we talked about this on the podcast other podcasts with uh earlier this season but with that song you i can do so much better you go really really low mm-hmm. and then you go high yeah i have a fun fact about that high note tell me about it okay so i can do so much better is one of my favorite songs and i'll tell you what it's about in a second but it starts low and it was always low and then when I I played it on guitar, then I gave it to our first co-composer, Dylan. Dylan put it on piano and then made it all of them really high. So you know how it starts, though? Mm-hmm. Like, I can do so, so much, much better. better. Right. Yeah, and then it goes high eventually. He actually started it high. Oh. And then I was like, I can't sing that high. <laughs> and so then I was like, can I just sing it low? And we had to record it for, I think, uh, something in 2018 for the actress that we had then. And then we were recording it just with a phone. I, I shot for that high note, and that's when you shoot for the high note in the oh. song. Oh, so yeah. the infancy, the birth of this <laughs> this high note is because of you. Yeah, well, Great. it's because Dylan. It's because Dylan wanted a high, thought it was a high note, and then I said no. But then I was like, I'm gonna commit to this high note. I'm just gonna do it. And so now that song has that high note. I love because, it. Because um, yeah. All, all for you, but because, that was improv. Oh, very good. Yeah, just like the Aougas in Staten Island Ferry. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Major improv. I think Surprised that, it made it in. I think that was uh, the first song I listened to when I was like researching the show. And I was like, okay, they have 54 Below videos. Okay, let me look them up. I think that was the first one I watched, and I was like, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> Seriously. Everyone, <laughs> everyone who hears that out of context really judges us. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. There's it's- so many other songs, but I think when you're like looking at your YouTube channel and you see all these it's songs, the most, you're like, the you're like, Sta- well, you're like Staten Island. I, Barry, I know what that is. Like, I know that that's something about New York. I'm going to watch, listen to that one first. Yeah. Which is what I did. I know. And that's one of the most listened to ones along that's with, why. uh, if he loved me with Morgan. Oh. And so yeah, Staten Island Ferry, I tell, I see, see, people make fun of it, but when they see it in context, they're it like, works. I it believe works. in it. 
Um, I'm actually going to reach out to the some. I'm going to find a publication in Staten Island when we get it. closer to launching, and I have a recording of this. And then I'm going to try to um, do a whole like we're we're all about Staten Island. I don't know. I'm going to try to find some community thing where I can throw that song in somewhere and really get. I don't know how or I love where. It. But I'm gonna do it. I I appreciate that. You were, your wheels are always turning. They are truly. Yeah. I love it. I think it's so <laughs> great. I remember. I feel like I have to go back in time. So I came across the, this musical because of Instagram. It oh. Came, on, it came across as like a you should follow this page or something you may know or whatever on like my main screen because I follow lots of theater stuff. Um, but I remember following it, and then I remember seeing back in June the Tony your Tony Awards red carpet and I was like oh this is so cool so then when it came up that you were doing the casting call I was like oh I have to go I have to submit so I found you on backstage so it's been like I feel like it's been a long journey (laughs) prior to even auditions I feel like I've been along for the journey for a long time that's cool yes I didn't know that yes and I also I feel like a creep but I looked you up on Instagram and I remember telling my best friend Lauren I was like wow this Jackie lady she really like I was looking at your link tree I'm like man she has all these things she's got a very <laughs> entrepreneurial not mind and I was looking at the t-shirts before I even auditioned I was like I should just I should order one of these and I, I was like very about it I was like this is impressive like oh. yeah I love that so congratulations for that it's, thank you it makes you come across very polished oh thank you <laughs> yes absolutely now you mentioned link tree here's a little tip for everyone I don't know if you have link tree I yours. don't but I need one it's great so it's free and all you really do is when it's when um, so for you guys who have you have an Instagram bio, then you can put a website, but it only gives you one website option. Mm-hmm. Linktree is a company that for free they'll let you put all your links on one page. So when they click on it, they have options of what to click on. Right, you can have it's like almost like a mini website for yourself. Yes. Like. So so when you click on mine, it's like fifty four below tickets, shirts or mugs, <clears throat> podcast website yeah. some off-Broadway tickets or something. And I then I always, uh, okay, I don't know when you started to follow. Well, you said July because I was, I was going hardcore on this influencer marketing documentary all winter oh. and spring. So you might have just missed all of my ads. I, I was saw some of your ads. You had like stupid. You had like hydrant. You had oh, like yeah, a that's a good stuff. I know. I use a different Hopefully version. Hopefully you didn't buy it. No, I that's didn't. That's so expensive. I know. I have something I'll, I'll else. I'll give you but... one. <laughs> I have them. I guess I didn't use them all. And then I was like promoting some kind of brain thing that I didn't, I believe, and I almost backed out of that campaign. But I did a documentary on influencer oh, marketing. very interesting. Yeah. And, and no one's picking that up yet. <laughs> Someone will. That's right. Someday. all you got to find is a small film festival in the middle of nowhere. That's right. It will pick it up and then I'll be good and to go. And you can run with it. Yeah, I did it for fun though, and uh, I learned a lot about marketing. Totally, <laughs> which is that. important, especially in your. That's why I'm trying to get. For, so that's actually how I got free costumes, or not costumes. Uh, well, here's one announcement Wardrobe, that I can yeah. make. Yeah, so for 54 below, and you already know about this, mm-hmm. I was able to get all of the ladies a stylist for the show. So cool. So you don't have to pay for clothes. I'm so which excited. Is great. Yeah, I reached out to them in my documentary, and I was like, hey, I need a cover for my film. Can we do a marketing trade where, I don't know, I you uh, loan me some clothes? or so, What did I pitch? Oh, no, I asked for clothes to wear. I said, can you just uh, give me some clothes, and then I'll give you promotion in the music, in the documentary? And then they said, we don't give clothes because we're a sample sale with rotating brands, but we can style you and then take photos of you. And then they gave us the option when our show comes to then style everyone for the red carpet events and all that. So that's what we're doing for this. Nice. At least 54 Below. Yeah. I'm excited. So, yeah, yeah. so many, uh, I think that all you got to do is just find something. If it works for their business, it'll work for your business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really that's, about showing up. Yeah. Oh, I just totally got side up. Every that's time okay. I talk about marketing, I get so... No, I know. You're very... I can tell you're passionate about it. It's I great. am. If I, I could find... it's impressive, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. If I could find a way to make money through this, because I don't want to work at a firm, but if I could find a way to like make money by producing shows and marketing shows, I think I'd be good to go. Yeah. 
I want to take a moment to talk about baked cravings. It's quickly becoming a premier bakery in New York City and across the nation. It's a nut-free, peanut-free, and tree-nut-free bakery specializing in cupcakes, cookies, cakes, brownies, and donuts. Drop by the bakery on Lexington and 105th to get some treats or Get a ticket to our 54 Below show and get your custom cookie with our Good Morning New York logo for free. If you come to the show, we also have gift baskets with Harney and Sons Fine Teas. The company started in a basement way back in 1983 and has since become one of the premier go-to tea companies across the nation. Film sets, television sets, TV news studios often carry their tea on hand to give to actors and talent. You can see for yourself. Go to Harney.com and shop over 300 tea blends or just come to our 54 Below show and get your free 10 of the New York blend. Tickets are at GoodMorningNewYorkMusical.com. Thank you, Baked Cravings and Harney and Sons for being our sponsor. So we were talking off air about this, and I'm going to bring this on air, because we were talking about your character of Val, and what I thought is interesting is that although we don't get political with the character, a theme that a lot of reporters in local news and even national news have noticed is that in 2016, that was when the presidential election happened. Mm -hmm. 2017, we had good old Russia. And so these local reporters and international correspondents kept getting floated, and all their but floated is a word for killed out of the show and cut from the show, so... All of these correspondents, local and international, never made air because all of it was Trump all the time. And that's something that I, I'm i trying to put on with Val as yeah. your character in the musical is this lady just gets – she can't make air because everything, even though we're not political, everything is cutting her off kind of. Yeah, totally. No, that's – I find that very interesting. I, um, In reading the script, I, uh, I mean the school I went to had a really good – journalism program a broadcast journalism program so I had a lot with my theater classes I had a lot of um, broadcast journalism majors alongside me and so I found it very interesting while reading the script the first time that there were like terms like floating and whatnot that I I didn't know about and so I I think that's very interesting that I've gotten to learn a little bit that's cool yeah it's funny because we ha we've had some conversations um once in a while we'll have conversations of yeah, I know that you use that word, but I don't know what that word means. And so we have to make the choice, or I guess I have to make the choice as the writer of this is, do I want to keep that word in and explain it? Or do I want to cut it? Or do I just want to keep it in and have people deal with Let it? Let it become the vernacular. <laughs> yeah. So what I started to do, I think I did a little bit of everything sometimes. No, I never cut anything. If it was too complicated, I did explain it or I reworded it. But a lot of, not a lot, some things I did keep in as an Easter egg to those journalists who are actually watching. Totally. I love that. Yeah. There were a couple moments in the script that I thought were funny. There's a bit where uh, he ta where Steve talks about his bank back home. <laughs> and I thought that was hysterical. I like busted up laughing just because I grew up with <laughs> bank until I was 18. And then, which is our little hometown bank. Um, and then I had to go get like a, a national bank because I couldn't have access to my money otherwise. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's so the worst. And yeah. the bank that he mentions actually is still a bank. He makes a joke about, yeah, a bank joke. I, I won't give it away. But basically there's this conversation following that about how he has a bank account at his church's credit union that started in their the basement. basement. Yeah, yes, that's true. It I started so in the much. basement of I love that. That's so <laughs> and great. And it's expanded. And when I have to pull out money, I have to go to Oh my gosh. And it's like on the 10th floor to pull out money from the affiliate. But I, And I have to go like through security to get money out in New York City. And it's the most annoying thing ever. So now I have Oh right. But it's like something. What was, when you were reading the script, okay, so I had everyone read the script mm -hmm. before they signed on. Yes. Because... Uh, it doesn't happen often, but I know it's like, I always feel that, or fear, I guess, that I'll give someone the script and they'll accept it and then they'll read it and they'll be like, what? Yeah. Because, uh, so this time around, I just had everyone read it. They're like, read it first. Yeah, it's never happened. No one's ever been like, what just happened? I think, did anyone ever have a problem? No, I don't think, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm now thinking out loud. It makes sense. It's your baby. You, you want to make sure that they're, you know. I want least... people to actually like it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. It's important. If you're going to be involved in the project, you should... Right. Be passionate about it. So at what point did you, in the script, were you like, aha, now I'm sold? Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, pretty early on, I mean, the first time I read it, I obviously didn't know the music. Uh, 
so I could just read the lyrics. But and I really it changed. Loved, and they changed. It. True. <laughs> it confused also everybody. True. Um, but I just, I really loved Steve. Well, it's Steve and my song. I didn't know that. Um, but uh, Wake Up and Rise. I just love that bit where he calls home and says, hey, mom, I'm, can I say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, mom, I, you know, I'm, I'm calling home. I got this gig and it's the hard work I'm going to do before, you know, the opportunities are going to come to me. And uh, it's kind of shitty conditions. Like I'm going to be waking up in the middle of the night and this is going to be my reality, but it's, it's worth it. And I'm really happy. And I was like, oh, that's me. That's hundred percent me. That's totally my experience. I feel like I relate to Steve in a lot of ways. I know it's not my character. I also relate to Val. Um, but definitely, I think anybody who came from you know a small community and has moved out to the big city understands like the reality of doing the hard stuff first so that you can have the other opportunities you know, that come out, that come your way, which is great. So yeah, that was like a big moment for me. And then just going on and like I said, finding a little Easter egg here and there about the small town and just, um, what's this here? Just like the, the reality of the characters. Like I, I just appreciated that even in your, you know, description of each of the characters, you're just like another person, another person. Like these people are regular people. Um, you know, they, they've just, they're just living life. And I think that's lovely. And I think that that's, um, I mean, theater is an opportunity for people to come, come escape life, but also like talk about the human condition. And I think that that's just wonderful. People can go and say, oh man, I've, I've been there. I get what that character is going through. And there's such a, a beautiful collection of people in this show, uh, that I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Which is nice. Yeah. yeah. I like that you mentioned my description. So for people who are listening, and you guys will figure that, this out eventually when I publish it. Um, I'm going to do a little self-publishing this fall, but I actually will. I plan to publish it with a big big league soon. But in the descriptions, it says, just another drunk in New York City, just another intern, just another writer. Because it's there's so many of us. Mm-hmm. It's just a rotating circle of just another person. And we even have Jacqueline Keeley, who just plays a traffic reporter. And it's just... Same face, same personality every time. Yeah. But something changes, but I'm not going to tell you. That's right. It's a surprise. You have to come see the show. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So Wake Up and Rise, it's that interesting song, because mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of the origin of it. We had a song called Rise uh, in the reading of this a year and a half ago, and then it sounded just like one look because it was the exact same chords. Oh. <laughs> and then we're like... And then they were back to back in the reading and we decided, okay, let's just kill one. So we did kill Rise. And then I always liked the idea of this is a morning show that gets everyone else up in the morning, even though they're miserable and it's time, it's their time to wake up and rise. So I always liked that idea. And then in the summer, uh, Dylan mentioned that we needed a, I want song. Mm. So So that's, yeah. So that's when we... Hopefully, that's the I Want song yeah. because that's all we have. I think so because it's sort of the, the through thought through the whole piece and it drives our, at least our two main characters to the resolution. So yeah, yeah. I think so. That's good. Yeah. That, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. I think so. Ha, huh, yeah. That's good. I'm happy that you like that song. Oh, yeah. I can do so much better. Okay. Yes. So sometimes I talk about what it's about. There's so many themes that go into... By the way, Val is one of my favorite characters to write. Yeah. And I pulled oh. a lot of stuff from me for Val. Yeah. Every character has something. Like, Betty has my clinginess and neediness. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has that. <laughs> I also relate to Betty, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, every girl in New York City who's single... It, it, can it relate to that character. It sucks sometimes. Yes. And, you know... When a cute guy comes your way and he's nice, you want to put your hopes and dreams. Absolutely, <laughs> especially in this city. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it means you might not have to pay your rent by yourself. Oh, that's what I think too. It's so true. I would love to date someone, and, and three months later, we just move in together and have Split cheap rent. rent. That that have would somebody be... cook dinner with at night. Oh man, oh, wouldn't oh, that be lovely? I love when guys cook for me. So the song I can do so much better. Yes. Oh, well, I love it so when much. I first moved here, that song was stuck. Swept away was written before I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, just the court, like this whole swept away chorus. That was pretty much written. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's what I envisioned when I moved to New York. So that's why it's the first song. But I can do so much better. I moved here. Didn't have a piano or guitar with me. This is before I bought those because I left them all at home. And I had an apartment with five roommates in Brooklyn. 
And they always had parties, oh. and they smoked inside. Yep. And so I remember thinking, oh, then I had, uh, I won't tell the other half of that story, but I remember just thinking, I can do so much better, because it was yes. way out in Brooklyn, it was loud, yep. and then I worked the overnight shift, and I was just like, nope. every day, I just kept that, that same line, kept repeating, yeah. and repeating, and then I initially was like, I should write a musical about rent, but can't. Already been done. <laughs> yeah, so I just kind of sat on that song. And then when I needed a song for this musical, that's when it, it came into play. That. I love it. It's such a fun song. I was pleasantly surprised, um, having gone to many an audition in New York City and having been given sides, how fun it was to learn. I was, you know, you, you get the sides sent to you and you learn them um, leading up to auditions. And sometimes the material is questionable. Uh, but this was such as the reality of it. But this is so fun. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is a really fun song. It was it was a pleasure to learn, which is lovely. <laughs> it's my favorite song. I feel like I love the song so much, people probably thought that I always wanted to be Val. I don't. Oh, I yeah? can't play Val. I'm a bad actress. I'm I can't memorize anything and I would mess it up. I love, love the character. Can't play it. I don't act either. Um but I love to write. So uh yeah. It's a really fun song. It's so fun. And um, I remember watching the 54 video, and it was a solo, and now it's um, several characters pop in, and mm -hmm. that makes it super fun and gives it so many levels. I think it's so juicy. I agree. I, it's one of my favorites. But it also, like, you know, ends in the first act, and it's great. I yeah. love it. I look forward to seeing it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because so. it was a solo. We, yeah, last year was solo. Mm -hmm. And and great performer, Juliana. She was a great performer for it. And then we, we wrote that whole role. And so what was interesting is in the solo version, it's, uh, watching it, I always felt like there was something missing, mm -hmm. and that was the, the group mm -hmm. and the band. Because the solo, it's such a powerful song, but she's totally. singing it on a stage alone, and it's like, hmm, there could be more to this song than just someone singing it totally. alone. And it makes the verses that much more interesting and versatile because the characters are singing them to each other, and it makes it very fun like Jackson and I had uh, a back and forth because there's between two of the characters Steve and his boss John um there's a saying well the lyric is there is a saying across the land that goes like this don't be a dick and then the other one says there's a saying everybody knows my boss doesn't have to be an asshole and it was so funny because Jackson was like no one says that no one knows that and I'm like yeah that's the point because when people are mad, right. they just say stupid, right. stupid things. Totally. So we had a, we were kind of going back and forth of, or I guess, yeah, it was more of should we do it, should we not do oh, it? I love it. And the way that you guys will hear on our album, the way that it lands is what we decided. I won't give it away. Our album comes out soon, though. Yeah, very soon. Yeah. Did you hear the instrumentals yet? I did. I listened to them this um, when they came out. Oh, great. When you, when you gave them to us. I might play some of them under this podcast. Yeah, like when we talk so about the songs. You guys, our band is amazing. It's it's so good. Yeah, they're good. We are, it's incredible. We are very lucky. <laughs> we are, honestly. Seriously. Uh, under the direction of Jackson. I mean, Jackson really threw that together because he helped revamp the music. And then all of his friends are in that band. Well, not his friends. I well, They're all my friends, too. But right. they play together. So much. It's so cohesive. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good group. And I think the best thing that we did is just really pluck a group of musicians who's comfortable with each other and who is really hungry and they're so easy going. Have you met them yet? Any um, of them? No, I've only met Diane. That's it. Oh. And I think, uh, was Jackson at our first rehearsal? The very first one when I was... I don't um, think learning so. swept away. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was. Yes, yes, he, he was, was. He was there. Yes, he was at that rehearsal. So I briefly met him, but that's yeah. it. So I'm excited. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's, and then you'll meet Bridget eventually. Oh, yes, Bridget, <laughs> yeah, our, our, our fearless director. Yeah, I yes. pretty much told her, I was like, hey, hi there. I pretty much told her, um, my roommate just walked in, everybody. <laughs> I told her, yeah, we got to record the songs for the album. You don't really. Uh, Need to be there for that because she's starting a new job too. Oh, sure. So I just told her, yeah, you don't have to come in yet. You'll come in eventually. So yeah, Bridget's great. I'm she's excited. been on the podcast before. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we have a fun time for that. Okay, so a few more questions for you. Yeah. Um, and I should have asked this to Zach, but I didn't. Um, but I almost did, but I forgot what state it was. But here's the question for you. Okay. So I have a pen pal because on my Instagram, a lot of high schoolers reach out to me because they see the musical. Aww. Yeah. So I have a few pen pals on Instagram where we like 
catch up once in a while and I, I see how that. the music's going because a lot of high schools are writing high schoolers are writing plays and musicals that's incredible I know they're really ahead and I'm just thinking whoa took me <laughs> I mean that's a confident thing to do absolutely so I have a friend who lives in a small Wisconsin town do you have any advice for her oh yeah she um, wants to move to New York someday. Oh, yeah. Actually, I wrote some down. Good. Yes, good. based on, well, you kind of asked him, uh, Zach, for advice for people. Yeah. So um, I would say as far as moving to New York City, um, I did this move almost three years ago. And number one thing is to be brave. You just have to kind of do the thing. You have to, the, the heart, like 50% of it is just being here. So save your pennies, um, you know, do what you need to do. If you want to get an education, get an education, or you can move here and get your education if you want, or, a lot of or, do that. or yeah. let, allow the experiences of New York be your teacher. There's, you know, there's a lot of different trajectories. Um, so that's the number one thing, but I would say my bet, best advice for, for New York, for moving to New York and working in New York as an artist is to be kind. Number one, I think it costs zero dollars to be kind, and I think that talent will get you in the door, but character will keep you in the room across the board. Um, I think that you always want to be the kind of person that other people want to work with. I think that it's super important, and I think this city is saturated. That's just the reality of it. Um, you know, we all have these, I mean, so many people have dreams of moving to the city to be artists, to be writers, to work in, in the arts industry. Um, so there are many people, but being a mark above makes all the difference at the end of the day. Um, so that's number one. Number two is work begets work. If you show up and you're the hardest working person in the room, that that counts for something. Um, taking the time to work on your craft outside of auditioning, outside of submitting, whatever that looks like as a writer, uh, reaching out to people and taking classes. I think that that's so, so important to do because the grind will get you down. It, it will get you down at the end of the day the city is super exhausting and hard. It's so hard. There are little moments of brilliance that keep you here if you love what you're doing, um, but it is a hard city. So I think keeping those things on the forefront and working on your craft and is, is important. And the very last thing is that comparison is the thief of joy. And I think it's the hardest lesson to learn in New York um, and one that I struggle with when you see other people's careers evolving and changing. But I think that if you stay in your own lane, that's the most important thing. And just knowing that whatever you bring to the table, that that's enough. That you can come with um, with very little experience. You can come with an education. You can come with just high school credits or community theater credits, whatever that looks like. That's enough. And I feel like it took me a couple years to realize that, honestly. Uh, when I first moved here, it took me nine months to go to an audition. I was so, wow. yeah, a little tidbit about me. Yeah, I, I moved here and I took um, some classes. Uh, some were good, some were not so good for me. And uh, I was listening to the advice of a lot of different people. And it's very easy at the get-go when you're young and impressionable in New York to take to heart what's being told to you and not take it with a grain of salt. And I started feeling like whatever I brought to the table wasn't enough. Um, and I was judging myself. And even to this day, I, I find myself saying, gosh, I'm so, I, I feel green. I feel new. I feel like I don't have it. And the reality is that's the case with everybody. And, and um, uh, a character in the second act has a great monologue that you wrote um, that is just about that, that everybody is dealing with progress. Like there's, oh, my dad has always said, there's always going to be somebody better than you and more attractive and more talented and more skilled. And there's always going to be somebody with less of that than you. So at the end of the day, it's just important to focus in on what you offer. And that's what matters. That's great. I love your, <laughs> Thank I, you. I have so much to say about that. Yes. So you mentioned the monologue in the second act yes. where the character Yaz says, you need to stop considering yourself in progress. We're all in progress. Yep. And so that was, I have those same feelings when I moved to New York City. Totally. Oh my, writing, I could not get a play produced anywhere. Well, I could, but there's one theater that like will take anything. So that doesn't count. <laughs> but besides that, I couldn't get a play and then I couldn't get a job off the night shift or anywhere else. And I just remember being so stuck. So I saw a therapist about it. Mm. And I'm like, I can't do, I can't get anywhere. I'm just yeah. wasting my time. And then uh, we were talking about my play. 
at the time, it was this one. It was a play, though, not a musical. And I'm like, I'm, there's, I'm, it, it's not gonna, I want to write a musical, but I don't know how, and it's not gonna be good, and I can't even write a play, and I'm just never gonna be good enough. And then that's when she was like, well, you're, everyone is in progress, and it's just a step, so just, uh, just do it. So there's a lot of themes that my therapist gave me that I threw in this I musical love that. as well. When I read that line, it honestly like made me a little teary-eyed when I first oh. read the script. I just think that's so universal. It's so, so true. I think so many people, especially in this city, especially as artists, it's, it's so easy to feel that way constantly. Your first thing you said was being kind. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in school, they say that... Uh, what in the most important thing in, you have to know in this career mm. is to be kind. Absolutely. Because it comes back and gets Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> Not only is it, number one, the right thing to do across the board, but second of all, especially in any industry, I always say the arts, I talk about that a lot, especially in New York, but everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. There's connections everywhere. And if it's not that person, it's somebody who knows somebody. And especially when it comes to making a career, keep your, you know, keep yourself in check. It's yeah. so important. Because in the earlier stages when I did do plays, yeah, I've been yelled at oh, yeah. by direct, by like I'm producing a show and someone that's not okay. Yeah, that, I'm, that I hired yelled at me and it's like, why are you yelling There's at no me point. right now? Totally. Not Bridget. Bridget's wonderful. No. <laughs> We're talking about other things. So it's, um, that's why, yeah, you got to be kind. And I think that Eventually, or at least from my standpoint, I don't really have tolerance for it. No, I think that's. I think that just comes with maturity. Also, I think uh, in the last couple of years, I certainly my, um, you know, tolerance has changed as well. Like it's there's no point. It's cost zero dollars to be kind to people. This city is hard enough. This industry is hard enough. There's no reason, and that goes for. I feel very passionately about this. Like being kind to the audition proctor outside, out front, you they're most likely involved in the casting team. So it's good to be kind to them. It's good to be kind to the accompanist in the room. It's good to be kind to everybody. Other actors could not only be your, you know, your colleagues down the road, they could cast you in things. They can be involved, involved with other people. So yeah, it's important. Yeah, and I think that you're gonna notice that with our Good Morning New York team. We, we try to make that I think it's already an unwritten thing that we all do that. Totally. And it's, uh, I'm pretty proud that we have a team that is kind to each other. Yes. <laughs> so far. Yeah, I so think far, so. So far, so good. Yes, I think so. Uh, yeah, I love all your, your tips, though. Oh, thanks. Routines. I had mo more thoughts going through my head, but um, for me, I think, I don't know if I've ever given anyone tips. I always give random tips for teens at just random times. Yeah. Oh, boy, moving to New York, New York City... I always say produce stuff. Oh, yes. That's important. I remember you talking a lot to Zach about that. <laughs> no, but I think that's important. I'm, I'm not... Like, produce something, Zach. Produce no, Yes. No, that's... It's good, though. And that is... I mean, I, I honestly... I mean, I know you talked to him about, like, what do you, what's coming up, but I think that many performers, many musicians, uh, many artists get to that point in the city where you audition a bunch, and this is a city where you're going to deal with rejection. Everybody is. And... Uh, the next best step you can do is create your own art, which you're doing right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but that is important. And it's, there's some, you've talked about this in earlier podcasts, there's opportunities and venues in which to do that, which is fantastic. Yeah. And there's so many, there's, I wish I knew what this website was called, but there's a lot of playwrights. Uh, if you Google it, you'll find it. It's like a playwrights database mm -hmm. where you can just find playwright who already wrote something and then you just, you know, make it a small cast so it's cheap. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to pay too much. But then you can star yourself in it. Absolutely. And then you just rent out a little venue and then you produce it. And then, uh, you know, life's good. Absolutely. Hard stuff. Totally. And uh, I mean, on the uh, singer, actor aspect, there's lots of people who do comedy shows, um, like stand-up and whatnot. I know you're involved in improv as well. Yeah. There's always doing that. And then there's a lot, I have a lot of friends who produce solo cabarets. There's many a venue in New York City that allow you to do it for pretty inexpensive. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I'm a big, actually, I'm a really big fan of those cabarets because mm -hmm. people use that stuff for their backstage profile. Totally. So that's when I can see, ah, oh, look at that. They had a video. They have some songs. They yeah. sing it. And you can really tell the difference between someone who's singing a lot in the city mm -hmm. or, you know, once every few months, opposed to someone who doesn't do those. And they just kind of have 
a wall in the background as they sing a song. Totally. It's cool. Great voice. Yeah. But I'm, cool. I, that's interesting to hear. So do you find that... My turn to ask, ask a question. Yeah. Do you find um, on the casting side that you prefer a live performance in a, like a cabaret type venue or versus like a self-tape uh, at home? I can feel the energy. So when I'm watching yeah. like a cabaret... Uh, you can kind of get there. You get a sense for how they perform. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, so that's what I like. Oh, and if it's just a wall, I'm like, uh, okay, but how do you perform this? That's good to know. Yeah, and also I think that there's, you know, there's energy and let's be honest, nerves that come, that come into play when you consider, you know, an audience versus when you're at home with your track or even just a pianist. Yeah. Right. Totally. Exactly. So I'm always a big fan of self-producing. Um, I talk about it all the time. I wonder if I have any more questions for you. I'm just going to go through the rest. Um, oh yeah. What did you think when you walked into our casting room full of women? Did that shock you? Um, I'll be honest. I actually asked somebody in front of me. Uh, I, I came the night and I know you've talked about this earlier as well. Uh, when people People came and showed up with their books. They weren't. Yeah, the open call aspect. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that was happening. Yeah, that was a kind of a surprise. I actually, funny story, a little side note. I first of all went downstairs into the main stage, and there was an acting class going on, oh. and I almost had a heart attack because I thought that it was like I was like, was I supposed to be here for like an hour? So there was oh. an acting class on the stage, and then I went upstairs, um, and then uh, uh, the what's her name? The proctor. I don't remember. Ah, uh, Felicia? Yeah, Felicia. Yeah. I was like, okay, you guys can bring your books. And I didn't bring my books because you sent me sides. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die before I walk into the room. But I asked the lady in front of me and she's like, oh, it's lovely. It's a bunch of ladies. So I knew there was going to be, okay, sorry, that was a side note. You can <laughs> no, cut it. No, that's um, great. That was interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to cut that. Okay. That's, that's interesting info. Um, yeah. So I thought it was great, first of all. Um, awesome to have a full team, a full like six or so people team person team of women. So that was exciting and fun. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great. I was, I felt very at ease and that's not always the case. You can usually kind of tell the second you walk in to an audition, like if it's a warm environment or not. And I felt very, very welcome there. And I felt like everybody was very, even once I did my first song, everybody was very receptive and like wanted well for me, which is a nice feeling. So in fact, when I left the audition, I called my parents and then texted my best friend. And I was like, no matter what happens, uh, I have the text in fact. And Ooh. I said, I said, no matter what happens, I want us to go see the show because this team was so lovely and warm. I, I want to support them. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you leave and if it's you know, a rough situation or you're bummed out that you didn't get cast. It's easy to not want to go support the theater. Um, but in this situation, I was like, no matter what happens, I'm going to go see the show. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I thought the team was very warm. Well, you had a great yes. audition too. Oh, thank you. I have it on camera. Yes. <laughs> I would love to see it. Two questions. Okay. First question is your favorite song. And then let's get your Instagram information so people can oh, find yeah. you. You're active on Instagram too. Yeah, I am. I would say fairly active. But yeah, <laughs> no, that's I good. mostly post. I mostly post stuff, show stuff right now. Yeah, but, um, I appreciate content. That's yes, why I'm like, yes, right. she's always posting about the show, yeah, and I, I love it. I would say now that um, Instagram stories are a thing, it's easy to post kind of your everyday stuff going on in your stories, and then you can kind of keep your, you know, your actual posts more specific to projects and whatnot, which is helpful as an artist. Mm -hmm. Okay, what was the first question? Oh again? yeah, um, your favorite song. <laughs> oh. Um, because our album's coming out and yeah. like, well, let's see, this comes out Thursday. So our album is coming out like a week after that. Yeah. Yeah. So our soon. album out is like a week after this comes out. So I'm sure people will still probably be catching up. And, and when they hear your favorite song, they can probably download this song oh, man. you're about to say. That's right. And right sing. Now. <laughs> now, I know you all guys like Spotify, but let me tell you something. They don't pay. I mean, they pay. Oh, they don't pay as much? Not as much oh, as a streaming service. Uh, Jose, sense. who did season three, mm -hmm. did a whole episode about how to make money or how to sell your music online. It was pretty interesting. Oh, that's very good to know because I think Spotify is become pretty commonplace yeah and everyone reaches out saying i can't wait to hear stuff on spotify but spotify from what i remember what jose said it's point 
0.0032 per song. Yeah. And something else is 0.005. And then I believe, is it Amazon? Or Pandora is like 0.007 something per oh. song. So, yeah. yeah so don't Very listen on Spotify. Yeah. Go find <laughs> us somewhere else. We'll be on Spotify, but don't listen there. Listen or just buy the album. Yeah. But, buy uh, the album and support I'm us. Just, I, I, if I could not go on Spotify, I would, but I, we kind of need it. Yeah. It's helpful. Because <sighs> everyone listens to Spotify. It's true. Yeah. Okay, so your favorite okay. song that people can download Gosh. as a Yes, <laughs> I would say my very favorite one is Best of Me. I love Ooh. singing that. I, we we worked on it last week. I'm super excited to work on it this week as well mm-hmm. um, before we record. And I also, I don't know, I like so many. I really like Swept Away as our opener. Like, it's so fun as well. I can do so much better. Okay, that's my top three. I can do so much better. Best yeah. of me and swept Best away. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good ones. That's about it for the podcast. Great. Anything else you want to mention? I'll give my Instagram handle because I didn't. Oh, you I, didn't give I that yet? Yeah. Did. Let's, uh, let's give that. We lost a splicing in this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My Instagram handle is my name, Christea Evanson, NYC. And that is C-H-R-I-S-T-A-E-E-V-A-N-S-O-N-N-Y-C. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Follow her on Instagram. I have one more fun fact about Instagram. And that fact is I'm going to be doing my content a little bit different now. Okay. Yeah. I went to a marketing, an influencer marketing thing earlier in the week. And I kind of realized that my posts are not on brand with what I do. (laughs) My stories are a lot of like musical theater stuff. But I noticed I'll just post like a photo of me with a cool background. But I actually am going to get a little more personal with the show. And in New York, yesterday I did a whole video of here's where Hades Town is, but also right here was a really cheap, cheap venue that you could rent out. So I'm going to start doing little tours on my walks home because I go through Times Square all the time. So I'm going to start updating everyone with stuff like that. And then my photos, I'm going to change that a little bit as well to be more... uh, be more of a Broadway blogger opposed to just a person who was producing the show. I think we'll that's see. great. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people, not a lot, some, <laughs> there might be people who are interested in, in seeing what I see every day a little bit more. Totally. And so I'm just going to start. Yeah, that's something I noticed when I moved here also, coming from you know small town Montana, mm-hmm. is sometimes I show stuff that is seemingly obvious to people who live here, but I also acknowledge that a lot of people who, who know me, you know, have, have never been to New York or will have never gone there. By the way, my parents are coming to New York for the very first time to see the show. Which one? The 54 Below? No. Oh. To, 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 the, to our show. To the oh, show in January. That's fun. Yes. Yep. They're coming. They're flying out. Ooh. Yeah. That's opening night, right? I think Saturday? so. I think so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, congratulations to your parents. Yes. Mine are flying out too. Oh, that'll be my, so my whole I have such a big family. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. yeah. Buy a ticket. Get a ticket. Come to 54 Below. If you're of legal age, have a drink with us. It's Absolutely. It's going to be a great time. And the show run, we've got a five-week run in January. It's going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I have a new promotion for, well, someone pitches promo. No, you know what? I'm going to save it for the next episode. <laughs> I might talk about this on my Saturday short episode. So, uh... I'm just going to say it involves beer and coffee mugs. Ooh, I like it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm here for it. Yeah, you just got a mug too. So buy a mug, everyone. Yeah, buy a mug. Buy a shirt. Buy Buy a shirt. Buy a mug. You also can't listen to our old 54 Below videos because I've taken them off our website because new songs, new cast, and, you know, I would like people to purchase these songs we have a show to raise money for. I'm always thinking about that. I love that. No, I think it's great. Yeah, gotta support the arts. So you guys can't listen to the music anymore, but you'll be able to listen to them soon on all of the streaming platforms. Yes. Please do Pandora. Or iTunes. Buy our album. Buy the album. Yeah. Yeah. We support that. Oh, yeah. Well, my goal is, I've already mentioned it, um, Be More Chill. I mean, they just had an album they threw on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Blew up. Two Years of Silence. Album was on Spotify, blew up, Broadway producers, off-Broadway producers got involved. And, and look it at just, it now. Yeah. yeah. So that's my goal for our album. I love that. Yeah. I would love that. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening for, to the podcast, everyone. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>